Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 till noon. The Weekend Sports Buzz also is on every Saturday from 9 to 11. My man Mike Gandolfo runs the operation on Saturdays. I'm fortunate to be blessed with the the presence of Uh Mr. Gandolfo this morning. How you doing, Mike? Man, I'm great. I'm doing really well. Uh, I had a little... I thought about you last night, to be honest with you. We we got with a bunch of guys that got the... uh, Inaugural BKB boxing pay per view last night. Really? Yeah. So I was like, uh, you know, wondering. If, I was actually wondering if you were checking this thing out too. I didn't see it. Well, how it, was it? It was okay. So like they're premise, they call it boxing. Yeah, they call it boxing. It's called it's. I think it used to be bare knuckle boxing, and now it's big knockout boxing. Yep. Uh, and so they try to alter the fights to have a little bit more action so that you have a better chance at a knockout. Sure, and that's what people do like to see. So, it's exploiting what the American sports fan wants to see. Nothing wrong with that. It's capitalism. They're trying to make money, right? Exactly, and uh, although their crowd was kind of sparse, they uh, you know they had Buffer in the middle of the ring and all that stuff, doing the announcements, and Jim Brown was kind of the uh, the, the sideline por- reporter person. And uh, But the, the what they do is they don't have any ropes. It's a pit, and it's a uh, it's a seventeen foot diameter pit, and then they've got uh, two minute rounds instead of three minute rounds, and they got they what looked to me I'm not the connoisseur that you are, but it looks like they have smaller gloves. Um, so I guess back in the day they used to fight with just MMA gloves, but now they have actual boxing gloves, but they're just they're smaller, and uh, never saw a single knockout. You didn't. No. So it was that's kinda, the thing is you, you, even if you were to have people go out. Bare no- completely with no gloves, you don't know that you'd get a knockout. And just the quality of fighting was not very good. It just- That's what you sacrifice when you go for that. And I'm not trying to be critical of it. I have no problem with combat sports making a run for. I mean, that's a, a benefit of us living in today's age is we get to see people try to make stuff work. Overall, were you entertained by it? Uh, we actually left before the main event. Like, okay. Like before the main- and then, it, then all the whole night went to hell in a handbasket because we were trying to leave where we were and... Uh, we were stopped at a stop sign, and some guy tried to make a quick left, and there was a car parked in a really bad spot, and so he had to put on the brakes, and he got T-boned and he, right into my car. So you had an accident. So, yeah, so we were like, we were on the middle of the road in the rain till like 1 o'clock in the morning trying to get all this stuff sorted out. And so, uh, But, you know, it is what it is. Wow. That was my night last night. Hopefully you had a better night. I had a nice relaxing night with the family last night. Oh, there you go. You're a family man, see? Yeah, I watched a... A uh, chick flick with the wife. Nice. Had, uh, Hopefully paid off. Kate Upton. Kate Upton and Cameron Diaz and um, whatever the other lady. I think it's called The Other Woman or something like that. Have you heard about that? No. I had neither. <laughs> I went to rent one chick flick at the movie rental store. Literally, I went into a physical movie rental store last night. And I was going to try to rent they some. They still have those? They do. They do. Over in J-Town, they've got one. Man. Sandra Bullock movie is what I intended to go in and get. I was unfortunately they were out of it. They didn't even have it. It's such a hot thing that they didn't have heat, which is I think a year old. And so I, I grabbed another, the first chick flick I saw in distance, which was let's see, the other woman. Yeah, the other woman. Yep, the other woman is what I watched last there, night. There you go. Hell of a chick. Are you a big chick flick guy? Uh, when I have to be. When you have to be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I got no problem watching that kind of movie. So. You don't very often, though. No. I don't really either, but, you know, sometimes that's... I'm more of the Cinderella Man, Rudy, you know... Sports. What's, what's your favorite all-time... 
you know, like inspirational movies, even if they're not sports movies. Yeah. But uh, I can't think of one that's not a sports movie. You like Rocky. You're, oh. you're, every time I call your cell phone, I hear Absolutely. the Rocky theme. And my son's name is Rocco. That's right, Rocco. So, yeah, that's, you call him Rocky. Uh, no, he doesn't like that, so we call him Rocco. Rocco's cool name. Or just, or just Rock. Rocco Gandolfo. Rocco Giovanni Gandolfo. Wow. So he's Irish. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, I love the Rocky movies. I, I love Cinderella, man. I think that's one of the best. That is a great movie. Yeah. That movie's fantastic. But what else? Uh, we got a we got a, a pretty lively day yesterday too. Louisville fans hopefully got to see how awesome Teddy Bridgewater played for the Vikings yesterday. And yeah. I don't know if you were able to catch that at all on the highlights, but and he sixteen for twenty mm-hmm. and two touchdown drives uh, through a just a variety of different passes from short dump offs to long balls to things that had required a whole bunch of touch. Uh, but Matt Castle looked really good too. So. Are the Vikings uh, going to be good? Well, maybe. I mean, I think the happiest person in, in Minnesota right now is Adrian Peterson because it takes off a little bit of his load knowing that he potentially is going to have a quarterback back there that can handle what he needs to handle. And he, it's not like defense can just uh, stack the box and stop Adrian Peterson. So uh, it's going it, to, it's definitely, I, you know, I said this yesterday on the air too. Teddy Bridgewater, I think. You know, even though I'm a Kentucky fan, I think he got screwed. I think he should have gone higher in the draft than he did, but I think he's in the best possible situation he could have landed in. Having the best running back in football sharing the backfield with you, that never hurt? No, absolutely not. I mean, I think and, – and their defense is usually fairly good. That division's not world beaters by any uh, by any. They got Detroit, nation. right? They, they got, got Detroit who's – Green Bay. Know, what Detroit is like one of the three teams left that have never even been to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and okay. they always fold towards the end. You know, Green Bay, Chicago, is tough, but they're not. It's tough to predict how a conference, a division like that, will will pan out right. over the course of a year like this. Because it seems like maybe a couple of those teams should be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, by name they are. By name, yeah. I mean, I don't. I think Green Bay's probably uh, Green Bay and Detroit are probably the two best teams in that league. I, but Detroit always figures a way to screw it up, and uh, and Green Bay. It's going through some transition stuff too, so I, you know, I, Minnesota should have a chance to make some noise and be right there. I don't think it's like the NFC West or anything like that, where you've got three dominant teams and the St. Louis Rams have no chance of getting out of that basement. They got Seattle, San Francisco, and, and Arizona. In Arizona, yeah, Arizona with eleven wins last year doesn't even make the playoffs because of that division. So. That's right. Man, the NFL has it it mastered as far as embracing parity. Even the St. Louis Rams fans, well, maybe not the Rams. That's a bad. No, I mean, they, but but anybody feels optimistic. I'm a Bengals fan. Did you check I, them out last night? I didn't see it. No, I saw most of. The I was night. watching the other woman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, what do you think about preseason football as a whole? Just to watch. I mean, I think you watch it just because football hadn't been on so long. I mean, but overall, it's not not reflective of what's going to happen during the season. But it is useful, I think. You can see guys who do well, and it does carry over a lot of times to the regular season. Not always, but I th- how how beneficial is it for the progression of a guy like Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, it's it's huge for those guys, and I'm same with Manziel and Blake Bortles. I, it just uh, it, it's so beneficial for them to get a chance and, and get used to the speed of the game. And I th- a lot of people say they only like watching the first couple of drives because that's when the starters play, and then they pull them out and then they play the reserves. I like watching. 
the guys who are fighting to make the roster. Because those guys are bringing it. Yeah, they have to Those guys it. played at USC or Alabama, and they are animals. You know, for the most part, if you're on the fringe and you're trying to get into the NFL because of your motor, that's scary. Yeah. If I'm, I'm Teddy Bridgewater or something like that, and I've got this guy who's broke, maybe he has a couple kids, and he needs to make a roster chasing me down, that's just as scary. I mean, hunger, you, you can't quantify a, that. A little bit more of a why. You know, to to really go out there and try hard. And, and plus, most of those guys know that they're fighting for a special team spot. Yep. And so sometimes you got to show that you're just a little bit crazy. Yeah, you got to show that you're, I mean, sissify the game of football all you want. It's still a bunch of barbarians out there running at 4-4 speed, smashing into each other with their 300-plus pound frames. I mean, it's a, and that's in large part why it's so popular. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you all were talking about UFC and stuff like that in the in the previous hour. You know, people want to see the high-impact collisions, right? I mean, that's that's what people want to watch the NFL for. And speaking of that, it looks like we uh, got another one yesterday out of Jadavian Clowney. I don't know if you saw this replay or not either, but, you know, Jadavian Clowney uh, blew up. I think they were playing the Falcons. Blew up the the running back from the Falcons in a similar fashion to what he did against Michigan in that bowl game. Yeah, the Falcons. And then he uh, followed it up with a sack of Matt Ryan, and uh, he he's just a, and when he's focused in and dialed in, he's a freak. And I he could he could be one of those game changing type defensive players. like Julius Peppers. Yeah, or like. Um... I want to say, was L- I want to say LT, but LT was Javon Curse. Yeah, yeah, Javon Curse is a great one. I think that's a Javon Curse came in, the freak, and he was unstoppable there for about what two, three years, and uh, then kind of fell off. I don't remember if he got hurt or what, but uh, he's he's had very documented recent financial troubles. Well, how many all those guys? Yeah, uh, a lot of the guys do, which is very sad. Different topic. Other guys who have had a huge impact from the defensive end position would be Michael Strahan, Bruce Smith. I mean, if you can get a good pass rusher, how valuable is that? Dwight Freeney, even. Well, I mean, I just even think that, you know, a guy that hits that hard that might make a running back be a little bit more cautious when he goes through the hole or when he goes bounces to the outside. Someone who's that big and athletic enough to keep up with you and deliver a, a blow. Um, Pairing him a up with J.J. Watt also. Yeah. That's kind of the Osei Menora and Michael Strahan type formula that the the Giants won a couple Super Bowls with. Justin Tuck, I mean, if you can rush the the, the passer like that, it opens up lanes on the inside. I mean, strategically, you got to double team one or maybe both of those guys. All of a sudden, you got a running back who just runs up the middle of the field. It's got, you know, it's one-on-one with that guy. Yeah, so, so having a defensive front is huge in the NFL. I agree with you. Overall, following who won, each game in the preseason, that doesn't hold a lot of weight with me, but looking at individual progression and rookies and young guys trying to make a roster spot, things like that, and it's it's interesting, and it's always something that, um, that, that will be entertaining to watch. Louisville Cardinals fans, Vikings fans, love to see Teddy do so well. well I know we Peter here, we got a Vikings fan in studio with us, Peter. Oh, yeah? All right, Peter. Yeah, and, and, and how happy are you with Teddy Bridgewater's play yesterday? Ecstatic. Next Joe Montana, he says. Well, I mean, again, he still I don't he didn't separate himself. That's the problem. He didn't separate Matt himself. Matt Castle's Castle, still Castle's right still, there. Castle played fantastic too. And I think they're gonna side with the veteran if it's even. I mean, you're not gonna give the knob to 
You think Norv Turner's going to go with, with uh, Matt Castle as the starter, Peter? He says that he, he thinks that Norv Turner will go with Castle, but that the fans of the Vikings and obviously the Cardinals, uh, the Louisville Cardinals, want to see Teddy. But I think what every, what every team wants is that quality backup. Oh, yeah. Because there's a pretty good chance that your starter is not going to make 16 starts. I mean, we just talked about how high impact, how high collision this, this sport is, and especially now with the concussion rules being what they are, um, even though they protect that quarterback like he had you know, diapers and a, and a pacifier in his mouth. Uh, it, there's more than likely you're going to need that backup, and there's not a lot of teams out there that have good backups. I mean, It's an interesting topic. Um, my, I talked to my buddy Scotty, who lives – who lives now in Jacksonville, Florida, but um, an interesting perspective. When I had a phone conversation with a longtime friend of mine the other day, we were talking about Andy Dalton's big contract, which is very incentive-based. I've openly been a, a very vocal critic of Dalton's over the past couple years. He's 0-3 in the playoffs, and I don't like that. I don't think he shows up, even if it's not the playoffs. That, when that it might be a city of Cincinnati thing, not just an Andy Dalton thing. Yeah, that may be fair. <laughs> or a state of Ohio thing. But what Scotty good. said to me was, who else are you going to bring in? You said that no teams have backups. How many teams out there actually have good quarterbacks? Have good starters, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's, a tough... it's not the starting quarterback situation like when I grew up. And possibly even when you grew up. I know I'm a little bit older than you, but I mean... Most teams had good quarterbacks. Well, I mean, we had Boomer Sison in Cincinnati. Well, Nobody was calling the, for another quarterback with Boomer. Just think of the quarterbacks across that league, though. Joe Montana, Jim Kelly. Randall Cunningham. Danny, uh, uh, Dan Marino, uh, Bernie Kosar. I mean, the the quarterback position back then, and I'm, I know I'm you know, not saying everyone, uh, the quarterback position back then was loaded with guys that could really sling it around. Um, and... It just, it's completely, you know, even Ken O'Brien with the Jets, who was probably a very middle of the road quarterback back then, but I think he'd be one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the league right now if he was here. So he, it's not the same position. Um, you know, the NFL, it's interesting to me how it always just completely transforms itself. So we went from that quarterback dominant stuff to then into a, a running back dominant league, I felt like. And then that, after. Pretty much after LT kind of got washed up, the running back position's basically been a three-year and then on to the next guy kind of thing. There are a dime a dozen. Anybody, you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's longevity at the running back. There's position. not longevity, but it's also not like it's it, you can take that one guy out and put someone else in and you almost get the exact same production. You know, it's not there's not a whole lot of guys that separate themselves there. So it's you know you, you're not seeing a whole lot of teams go after. Uh, running backs in the draft because of that. You know, they can go get a second or third pick and get a running back that they feel comfortable using. Uh, right now, to me, it's that it, focus on those defensive players. Which is not a bad thing. It's not taking away any of the, the appealing appealing brutality of the sport if you're focusing on defense. That's actually, in my eyes, more that's good. of a throwback yeah. to the old days. And that's what we're doing. We're seeing J.J. Watt, oh, well, that now they need J- Jadavian Clowney. And so they're trying to build a super defense. My Bengals have done a great job. They lost their defensive coordinator, but they've acquired great talent. You're a Niners guy. Yeah, the Niners defense is phenomenal. God, I mean, so how Patrick many great Willis. defenses are there out there? The Seahawks? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I just That's uh, how you win these days. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, 
Also, with that is though they, I think the NFL needs a defensive superstar like a LT, like a, someone who can kind of be the face of the defense for the NFL. And I don't know who that is, right? Patrick now. Willis. It could be, but he's not. I don't know if he's really wired that. Who's way. the defensive star of the NFL now, Peter? And there's a difference, I think, of being the being the best defensive player and being the guy that can be that personality that can kind of transcend Dar- the sport. Yeah, Daryl Revis was close to that tag. A, well, I think Troy Polamalu is probably the closest we've had recently. Okay, Troy Polamalu. Ed Reed was up there. Richard Sherman has a big name. Yeah, he does, but it's not. Earl like, Thomas is just as valuable in that defense for the Seahawks, yeah. probably, or some. That's an interesting thing. LT was a, a very Lewis. rare case. Ray Lewis, he's gone now, but yeah. Ray Lewis was a, a good example of a quarterback of a defense that was just so dominant. Lawrence Taylor, Michael Strahan was that in a, in some sense. Yeah, I, to a degree. I mean, I don't know if, if we've had anybody like LT since Taylor since Lawrence Taylor left. Lawrence Taylor was so dominant. Uh, it was he was on a whole different level. We got a know. great great show lined up today. I know. Mike, you have plenty of questions for our guest at ten thirty. As John Clay, are we talking? Are we doing football or basketball or both with him? It, for the most part, I, I told him I want to talk to him about basketball. But you know, John Clay, you can ask him questions about anything. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you got a you got a, a wild hair, and you're feeling optimistic about the Kentucky football season, Mike. I feel uh, free. I well, I don't know how optimistic I am because I feel uh, we'll get into that with John. But I just feel like there's lots of times where. They fluff the expectations a little bit during this time of year, and then what they what we expect to happen doesn't really happen. So we'll we'll kind of go with that. So the the basketball side I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah, tough not to be. I mean, I'm a Louisville guy, and just have very high expectations for the Kentucky program after watching them play recently this year. Just being honest, I don't see any team out there that should be able to beat them. We're gonna head to our first break. And Mike and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. All right, Mike Gandolfo here with Kelly Patrick. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. 1450 WXVW, and we are brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. We appreciate Brand J. Lawrence's uh, sponsorship, and uh, you can listen to him what weeknights or Wednesdays. Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. 6 to 8 p.m., Brandon Lawrence, Carlo Kellum, bringing Out of Bounds to you, where they take a, a different look at some of the topical issues within the world of sports, not just local but they, they, they take a, a different look at some of the things that maybe other shows don't cover. And from an attorney's perspective, that could be pretty interesting. That is neat. Yeah. And then not only that, but uh, Brandon's really knowledgeable when it comes to football. He is. Yeah, I mean, right. He follows, especially NFL stuff, he follows that really, really closely. So it's definitely worth the listen on Wednesday nights, 6 to 8. Uh, you can also make sure that you catch all of our podcasts on LastSportsCaster.com. And uh, a, a great site, you know, for you to go and get a lot of local sports action. A lot of, and if you want to start your own podcast, lastsportscaster.com is where it's at. And I also encourage you to check out KentuckySports.co to get all your sports information. Uh, the team here does a really good job, kind of keeping that site current and going. 
Yeah, big big thanks to John Hancock and Matt McCarthy and Shane Stovall uh, for keeping the side alive. Tyler Bloyd contributing some. Uh, I did all the PGA coverage. You did? Yeah. So so we appreciate that. My, yeah, we're I all a big suffer. team here. I suffered and went to the PGA. Thanks for taking one for the weekend. team there. It's such a nice guy. <laughs> How was that? Oh, it was phenomenal. Like That whole experience was just so cool. I, I just love the way that our city puts on big events because I – no one does it better. And we were sitting there, and we were kind of talking with some other media members. And um, Louisville's got to be the number one sports town without a pro sports team. I mean, I don't think anyone else would come close. And I, I think we're better sports town than a lot of the cities with pro sports teams. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's no, no question about that. The way that we can put on a sporting event here is second to none. And, uh, you know, we're kind of spoiled. I don't think you realize that unless you go to sporting events in different cities. But – um I think it's neat. I like the, the the lack of the sports town. If we if we if we ever got a professional team, I'm sure I'd embrace that and be cool with it. But I think it's cool having that identity. But we do have pro sports. They're just college sports. I mean, but they're treated like pro athletes. Yeah. So we got John Clay coming on here pretty soon, I guess. Here any second. Uh, yep. We're going to talk a little bit about the pro sports in Lexington, Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball, and uh, real interested to hear what he has to say because that. Kentucky basketball-wise, I was thinking back to 2011. And in 2011, Kentucky lost. Kentucky made a surprise run to the Final Four where they lost to Connecticut. 2014, Kentucky makes a surprise run to the Final Four and loses to Connecticut. Then they have, in both years, they have guys who make the decision to come back when they could have gone pro. And... Both years they had these summer trips. The 2011-12 team got to go to Canada, and then this team goes to um, goes to the Bahamas. And the team, this team's playing much better competition than the teams they played in Canada back in 2011-2012. And I'm now seeing the intangibles between these two teams, where they really seem to get how to play together, and they're really playing more for Louise. And they. They've got to be the two most experienced teams Kentucky's really had, and this one's deeper and more experienced than that 2011-2012 team. But they don't have the superstar like Anthony Davis, although Carl Towns might develop into something similar, but not the defensive presence. It will be more of the offensive force. So um, real curious to see. we got John. We're going to go straight to the uh, phone lines here. we got John Clay on the line. John, are you there? Hey, John, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys? Pretty good. This is Mike and Kelly Patrick here. And uh, just a real quick, let's talk touch on the uh, basketball action from yesterday. Uh, a little bit closer game than what happened the first time they played these French guys. Do you think the guys are getting a little tired, or is it complacency? Um, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think probably a combination of a couple of things. Yeah, I'd say, you know, uh, they, that was their fifth game in the trip. They played three games which turned out to be blowout games. Then they had a couple of days off where they got to go to, you know, hit the beach, get in the ocean. I think they were on a boat, did some other things. Uh, you know, plus they were, plus they were playing a team that, uh, they had beaten pretty handily the first time. And I'm sure that French team, uh, you know, picked it up the second time. They didn't want to get blown out like they did the first time. Plus, like you say, you know, this has been, uh, five games in like eight days or something that, I mean, the NBA teams don't even do that. Uh, they're probably ready to get back home. Uh, I saw a couple of them on Twitter, and I know a couple of them uh, tweeted out, you know, that they were they can't wait to get back home. It's been a great trip, so you, but they get, they can't wait to get back. So uh, 
I think a little of that's creeping in as well. Although I think a lot of those other activities that they're doing on their outside the basketball are maybe just as critical for what this team could become uh, as much as them playing on the floor together. I mean, as far as the team bonding and just everyone chemistry-wise coming together, having those experiences, you know, snorkeling or whatever, where they're not all as comfortable as they would be on the basketball court might be a really good thing. Oh, I think absolutely it's a really good thing. I mean, it is a team bonding, a team building uh, exercise, taking them down there. I think probably as good as as good as they have looked and as well as they have played, probably the, if you're a Kentucky fan, probably the most encouraging thing was when Jay Billis said this is a really close-knit group. And Billis has been down there. I mean, he's uh, doing the games for ESPNU and now for the SEC Network. He's been around the team. Cal even had him up, had Jay up to the hotel to speak to the team, to talk to him. Uh, about, you know, what they would face this season. So he's been around them, and he knows. And for him to say that they're a close-knit group and they seem really together and they look like that on the floor, um, I mean, that's got to be really encouraging to a Kentucky basketball fan, especially when the last couple of years that seemed to be a question about uh, how closely knit the Kentucky team was. This team looks like that they are, and they've been playing like that on the floor. And I didn't get to see the game yesterday, but I did see the other four games. And it seemed to me in the first three the big difference was how good Kentucky was in offensive transition. And then the Orlando and Antigua kind of came in through, and I thought they really did a good job at times of slowing Kentucky down in transition. And I'm assuming from looking at the – just from looking at the box score that uh, the French team did the same thing, kind of took away that transition uh, game and made them play a little more half-court offense. Ironically, though, if anything was going to be said as a weakness of this team, it would be outside shooting, and they shot the three better yesterday than they had on the previous four games. Yeah, they, you're right about the transition. They didn't get a, uh, as many lops to the basket, as many uh, uh, lob dunks and uh, open floor game as they got in the previous games. Yeah, they slowed them down, made them play more half court. But, yeah, they hit the three. Booker has shot the ball a little better. I saw the one of the open practices that they had for the media uh, could it could come to before when they were getting ready for the Bahamas trip. The Booker shot lights out. He looked great. I mean, he couldn't miss, especially uh, from both corners. And he hasn't shot the ball well at all, the Bahamas, but he shot the ball better yesterday. Ulysses has really shot the three well. So, yeah, you know, they, they did. The French team did slow him down there yesterday. One thing on the flip side of that is that their transition defense has not been very good, especially the last couple of games. But that's good. I mean, you want to find out now what your weaknesses are. That gives Cal a couple of months to play him because they don't really start, the, you know, the real practice anyway again until October. Here's the, here are the things we need to work on, and one of those things is definitely going to be transition defense. That needs to get better uh, when they once the real practice starts in October and the games start. Once again, we are the Weekend Sports Buzz, joined on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line by John Clay of the Lexington Herald. John, what type of differences do you feel being in the heart of it, in the thick of it there in Lexington, what kind of differences are there between the expectations in the anticipation for this Kentucky team, other than what they experienced and the Kentucky fans expected and felt going into the Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist team? Uh, well, I'm, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, they, uh, uh, they obviously, they were, I mean, it's Kentucky basketball. They always have high expectations. And so there was high expectations going into the 2012 season. This team, though, I think is a little, is deeper. Uh, they're, you know, uh, especially in the front court. I mean, they're just so tall and they're so deep. There's, a, you know, the questions you're going to hear between now and the start of the season is how's Cal going to keep them all happy by giving them all minutes? But the same, the expectations are still the same as far as, 
uh, winning a championship. But I would say probably even more, there are going to be more expectations on this team. And I think what we've seen in the Bahamas are going to just tighten those expectations. So while there's always a lot of uh, anticipation and uh, expectations for a Kentucky basketball team, and that was certainly the case in 2012 with the freshman class, and you had Terrence Jones and Deron Lamb and those guys coming back. I think they've got so many players this year. I think there's even higher expectations for this year. Do you think that could create a problem that they don't even have a, a Julius Randle or obviously an Anthony Davis, a number one option offensively? Is that something that could develop into maybe being a problem for this team? Maybe that they have too deep of a bench? Well, I don't know that. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and that, and you're right. I mean, I don't know that that guy has really presented himself yet. That hey, when it comes down to crunch time, this is the guy we're going to go to. But I think that they do have several options of guys who could develop into that player, and I think you know that that will help them. I, I don't know about being too deep, and I, I think the minutes or thing is overblown. I think Cal's going to play a lot of players. I know in the past he said, you know, he's got. He wants to play seven or eight guys, but I think that was when he had seven or eight guys. Now that he's got more than that, I think he's going to play a a little different style. He's going to play guys. He's going to use his bench more. I mean, those guys are going to force him to use them. Uh, Guys like Ulysses, guys inside. I mean, Carl Towns has looked really good. He could develop into that go-to guy. Uh, You know, I I think those are things that will be developed as the season goes along. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're problems. I think that they're things that they'll they'll have to find out as the season goes, but they've certainly got the options to, to solve those problems. Yeah, to me the big difference between 2011-2012 and this team is that 2011-2012 was such a phenomenal defensive team, and this team is going to outscore people. So I think that's what we're going to really see. But from the depth standpoint, I think you've got a couple guys that could step up in that. You know, Carl Towns could do that. Obviously Aaron Harrison, after what he did at the end of last year, could be that go-to guy at the end of the game. Would you be surprised if eight guys were drafted in the first round off this team? Uh, I wouldn't be totally shocked. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You never know for sure. You know, well, there's been a lot of years where we thought, you know, guys were going to, you know, a lot of people, myself included, thought Willie was going to come out after last year. You never know for sure who's going to come out and who's going to stay. But it, w- it wouldn't shock me. But you make a very good point about the defense. That 2012 team, especially with Anthony Davis in the middle, as a rim protector, I mean, that, that was a really good defensive team. I thought the 2011 team that got to the Final Four that made their run, I thought they were really good, uh, played really good team defense. And that's something that every team, you know, especially when you play together, when you haven't played together and you're trying to find your chemistry and so forth, I think their defense, that's the thing that Cal will really harp on. He keeps saying uh, on the telecast, we haven't really worked, we haven't worked on defense. In the open practice I went to, they worked a little bit. They worked a little bit on zone. But as you say, they've been, it's all been pretty much offense oriented. Uh, and that'll be definitely, will be something they'll have to concentrate on when practices start is getting better defensively. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> one more thing about basketball, and then I want to ask a question about football. The, the, uh, the, the game today is against the Dominican Republic. And there's a lot of reasons to end this trip with this game. You know, you got Orlando Otigua coaching the Dominican team. Carl Towns plays on that Dominican team, so he knows all those guys. You got two U of L players with Sosa and uh, and Garcia, even though none of these guys played against those guys. And then you got Eloy on that team as well. You think they're, we're going to see a more uh, enthusiastic performance today? Or are they just you know going to play and get out of town? No, I think they'll I think they'll play uh, from an intensity standpoint. I think they'll play a little harder today than they played yesterday because they know, like you say, they know it's the last 
game. And they know, and I'm sure Cal can say, hey, you know, you beat that French team pretty easily the first time. They were really ready for you the second time. You beat the Dominicans the first time. They're going to be really ready for you the second time. Um, I think they'll I think they'll play a little uh, with a little more integrity, not, a little more intensity. I'm sorry than they did yesterday. Uh, but I think they're ready to go home. <laughs> I think they're ready to get back. Uh, but uh, it should be an interesting game today because I think, like uh, the French team did yesterday, I think the Dominicans will play better than they did the first time. Absolutely. And then uh, you had a recent column about the quarterback situation at the University of Kentucky. And uh, being a Kentucky fan, I, I've got to be hopeful that. The quarterback situation this year is much different than the quarterback situation last year when we didn't really know who the starter was going to be going into the Western game. But I wouldn't think that they would just flat out get rid of Jalen Whitlow if they didn't feel much better about what their options are right now. You think that's kind of played oh, yeah. out that way? Oh Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, I think they've been encouraged by what they've seen. I think um, my prediction is we could hear maybe even tomorrow about who the quarterback's going to be. I think it's probably going to end up being tolls from what I hear. Uh, Patrick Tolls, although I think from what I hear and what I saw in the open practices that they had that we could come to, the fans and media, I think Drew Barker uh, really made a good showing for himself and at least extended it and made them think that, uh, well, maybe maybe we could give it to Barker and go with him right away. I think it's going to end up being Tolls. I think they'll probably redshirt Barker if they can, and Reese Phillips will be the backup. But all three of the, those guys, I think they feel like they feel much better than they did a year ago at this time of what they have at quarterback. And then at that point, is Max Smith kind of like a player coach? Yeah, I think Max is a. I think Max right now he's still working. He's not a hundred percent. He's back to. He's not even back to where he can really throw a lot every day rehabbing that shoulder. Uh, he's he'll be like an emergency guy if they have some injuries or if they're not playing well. They could stick him in there because they know he knows the system and so forth. But right now, yeah, he's he's just not up to the level of the other three guys. And uh, you know, I'm encouraged. I think especially with the front defensive line that they can kind of scheme some de- stuff defensively and look a little bit better on that side of the ball. I mean, I expect 100% that they'll look better on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, does the defense look like it's kind of making that next step up? I know they're still going to be incredibly young. Yeah, I think they'll be better. I think a big question is linebacker, and they've been encouraged with the, the way Ryan Flanagan and Juco kid has come in. I think their secondary is going to be much better. Uh, people that I talk to have been to office practices and so forth. They really think AJ Stamps is an improvement. It's another JUCO kid that they brought in, and you mentioned the line with the ends was Zadari Smith and Bud Dupree. They've got some. They've got uh, some guys at tackle that they're hoping come through. Uh, but they feel like they've got some talent there. And Matt Elam's going to play right away. He, he's so big and he moves so well. He's really probably not 100% ready to go, but they feel like that he could, he will get there and he can help them in the first year. So, yeah, I think they'll be better on defense as well. Did they take a look at Jason Hatcher at linebacker? Uh, they, you know, that's a good question because when we ask about Jason, they're a little vague about what they're exactly they're doing with him. Uh, they play him up sometimes. They put him, play him with his hand on the ground sometimes. He's a guy that they can move around. He's kind of, with all the attention that's been given to the other guys. He's kind of been lost in the preseason. You don't hear a lot of talk about him, but I do think that they expect him to be better than he was last year uh, and to keep him healthy. If you remember last year, he had a couple of injuries. He had a broken hand at one point. Uh, but he's a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of pub in the preseason, but who could end up making a difference this year. Well, John, I really appreciate you coming on today. Everybody check out uh, Kentucky.com and check out John Clay's blog, his columns uh, for the Herald Leader. We really appreciate you coming on, and uh, thanks for the time. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, so we will be right back to uh, kind of talk about what John had to say here on uh, 1450 WXVW, the Sports Bus. 
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, joined in studio by the man from Saturday's version of the Weekend Sports Buzz, Mike Gandolfo. Got a great, very active show uh, lined up today. Had a great interview with John Clay of the Lexington Herald. That's something that people want to go back on Live Sportscaster and check out. I think it was, it was pretty good, pretty insightful. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to ask somebody about University of Kentucky sports, no better guy to ask about it than John Clay. I think he's very – Especially, I think he's the – I mean, he's the probably the, the most veteran person of the people who follow Kentucky sports. I mean, as far as got, I know. He's got probably the best, best sense of history. And in, he's a very rational – Absolutely. Unbiased, seemingly unbiased. I guess when you're in a college town like that, you you end up one way or the other. You're either Jerry Tipton or Tipton has a reputation for being almost anti UK, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think that's you know that gets readers. It gets readers, and it may even be overblown. He's trying to be realistic and unfair, unbiased. Do you think it may be overblown, or what's your thought on Tipton? Um, well, I think he does it for a little bit of the shock factor. You know, he wants the readership. He wants to route, stir the pot a little bit. You know. And I, I do think, and in, in some ways, it's kind of something that Louisville, the Louisville media, is kind of missing. Mm-hmm. Someone who's going to be the antagonist of, uh, of basically most of the University of Louisville reporting is fairly positive towards the University of Louisville. That's but a, you need someone to kind of even out the checks and balances a little bit. You know, someone to keep them honest. I don't disagree with you. What I do feel is I hear that from Kentucky fans so damn much. It makes me feel like jumping off a bridge sometimes. Is they don't have anyone who calls them out. The Louisville media just sucks up to Tom Jerk. Why don't they just go ahead and well, and scratch his back do you or something? With that? I, uh, sometimes I also hear the more uh, inappropriate things than scratch his back. Um, <laughs> I don't disagree entirely. I think it may be overblown by the Kentucky fan base, just a tad. Um, well, I don't know. I, but at the same time, I can't really. You can't com- disagree with the game. I can't disagree with it. I, I, I notice a lot of emphasis on it. Kentucky is a different animal. Lexington is a different animal right. than Louisville. I'm going to be a little controversial. Let's be a little controversial. I'm, I'm trying to poke the bear. Let's let's go at it. Have you as a as a lightly you know associated with the media? Did you just call me white? Lightly, lightly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have you heard the stories of people being critical of the University of Louisville and all of a sudden not being able to get credentials for things? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Doesn't happen in Lexington, you're saying? No. I don't think so. If you work for the Lexington Herald, but but you don't hear of someone who works for the Courier Journal being okay, blackballed. But, uh, do you? Terry Miners got blackballed for a year. Benetti's had trouble recently. I mean, some guys who are pretty big media names in this town have had All I'm saying is, issues. at Louisville, man, I'd prefer not to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. And all I'm saying is that... The reason why Tom Jersh has never gone anywhere, has never left here. Because he controls this just like he controls this. There's no way he could be in a city this big and have as much power as he does. Do you disagree with that? No. This is a very unique. We talked about the the unique identity of Louisville as being the only. It's perfect for a university. Where else would you want to be if you were an athletic director? Absolutely. I mean, you got. You're not going to want to go to UCLA. You have a major city. No matter what anyone says, we are a major. We are a major city. We are a big city of over a million people in our metropolitan area, and you are the show. You're the main attraction across the board. It's a unique opportunity. Where are you going to go that, that you get this type of opportunity? Peter? 
Can we hear you, Peter? Peter's our ghost host. We can hear you. Our listeners cannot hear Peter. Anyone else, any other university out there have this type of opportunity? If you're an athletic director, where do you want to be over the university? Well, especially now that they're I said UCLA, that's an extreme polar other side of the spectrum. You're competing with the the Lakers and um, and, and, and Cameron Diaz and and everybody in in LA. But it goes to the same thing we were talking about earlier. We are the biggest town without a professional sports team that has the major university. So usually they're you're either in a little, you know, little little college town like Stillwater or or Manhattan, Kansas, or you know wherever you want to say, or you're in a city like Pittsburgh where you know the University of Pittsburgh can't compete with the Steelers and the Penguins and and now the Pirates. Pittsburgh is a really I hate their teams. I'm not a Pirates or Steelers fan. I'm a Bengals and Reds fan. But all their their teams have the same colors, and they have just such passion for the Golden Black. Tough, it's tough to not be jealous of that entire situation there with the Penguins and the the great tradition of the Steelers. I mean, that's a cool sports town if I've ever seen one. And the only so the only major metropolitan area that comes close to us is Raleigh Durham, and they got the Bobcats or the Hornets, huh? Knoxville is not close to the size of Louisville. Memphis is, though, but they got the Grizzlies. Knoxville is much smaller than Louisville. Knoxville is more the size of Lexington, I think. Um, I think, but I'm not 100%. Memphis and Louisville are pretty much the same size. Uh, but they but got the, the, the Bobcats are in Charlotte. That's not Raleigh-Durham. I mean, I think that's uh, I mean, that's a that's a decent drive away, isn't it? Charlotte. Uh, True. I guess I'm considering the fact that the whole state of Kentucky lacks a professional team. Right. Well, you know, again, I feel like they kind of have – to, they, they do. They yeah. do. I mean, the, I'm not, the, the I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that they're getting paid. Okay, that's yeah. not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that we treat our college athletes like professional athletes, like superstar. Actually, in some ways, we treat them more than what they probably. They probably. I mean, I'm sure. Actually, I've heard Rajon Rondo talk about how it was nice to get away from Lexington, so he was not in the limelight as much when he was in Boston. He could drive his car down the road and not be, you know, harassed. And <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's. It's it's who we are. I mean, it's our identity. But Raleigh Durham's a is a big metropolitan area. But the difference there is, they're splitting that between two fan bases. So it's not like one athletic director could completely control that town when you've got two major universities. Although North Carolina, I'm sure, would have a little bit of an edge over Duke. Disagree with that, Peter? Peter's shaking his head, so everyone can see that on there. He's shaking his head. No, <laughs> that's good radio right there. The combined population, metro, and the city of Knoxville comes out to be. Damn it, I just had it here. Knox Vegas. One, one, one million ninety six thousand. Okay, so they're close. What's our, and what is it? The same site does it have a number for us? Consolidated. I wouldn't have thought Knoxville was that big. 756 is what it says. So they're saying Knoxville's bigger than Louisville. Is that right, Peter? Wikipedia says it. There's we know, I, we know everything on there is true. There is so There's many different, a lot of different. I, numbers. You know, they got the one number that says Louisville's the 16th biggest city in the United States. Yeah, and so sign for it. I just I you know I, you've been in Knoxville, right? Yes. I just being in Knoxville does not have the feel that it's as big as Louisville. No. Do you do you agree? It it is spread out a lot more, but. Uh, it's also got that nasty looking orange. 
We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. we got Mike Gandolfo and myself, Kelly Patrick, joining forces this morning. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. If you have any medical malpractice questions, obviously the vehicular um, incidents are always there. Any uh, questions you, you may have? Me, by the way? Uh, I just want to know right now. Are you making fun of me because I'm had, not. But because I, like I had a car to. accident last night. Do you think I should like no, put on a not. Bobby Petrino <laughs> neck brace and call Brandon J. Lawrence? Don't. I'd appreciate it if you don't call it a Bobby Petrino neck brace. That's very offensive. All right, I'll just call it a Petrino. The Petrino. Should I put on a Petrino? <laughs> I don't know what exactly what you're referring to when you <laughs> say that. That could go a lot of different directions. <laughs> but. Uh, in the world of sports today, what I like about our weekend sports buzz format, and I mentioned it earlier in the, on the knockout hours, we really do get to talk about whatever we want. It's almost combining the world of podcasting with the AM radio here. We Absolutely. Can, we could go on a spiel about a lot of different directions or a lot of different topics, really. Or we could just talk about nothing. Where we could talk about nothing, uh, and, that, I, and sometimes that makes for the better show in my eyes, <laughs> right? Exactly. What's yeah. on your mind as of late? In the world of sports or elsewhere. I mean, what's what's going on in the world of Mike Gandolfo? Oh, you know, I'm gearing up for just like the uh, end of the year type stuff, you know, with my business and all that kind of stuff. RE Solutions. To, RE Solutions, you know, real estate and trying to get ready for uh, 2015, that kind of stuff, and do, doing some business planning and setting some goals and looking forward to, I think it's going to be a really good year in 2015, so... You're, you're somewhat of a celebrity. You were on House Hunters. I was on House Hunters. You want to talk about that? Anything you need to get off your chest? How was your experience? <laughs> you want to badmouth the House Hunters people? No, the, it was awesome. So uh, and, it, were, and they, they, were they rude to you off the camera? No, actually, quite the opposite. I mean, they, we were always went out. We all went out to lunch together every day, and uh, it was. Uh, I'm friends with the producer now on Facebook, and we go back and forth. And she just released a book, and actually, the producer on the show was Danny Bonaduce's. Um, do you know who Danny? Are you too? Are you too? I know who Danny Bonaduce Danny Bonaducci? is. Yeah. It was Danny Bonaduce's sister. Really? So we had a great time and uh, just, just really kind of relaxed. You know, Bonaduce's a hell of a radio personality. Yeah, and kind of a an MMA fan, right? Yeah, yeah, and a, a a pretty controversial guy. I like him. I, I heard a him and Adam Carolla, who I really like, Adam Carolla. Um, had, were on the same station in L.A., and they, I heard a, a altercation between the two of them on the air, kind of neat. Always cool to hear someone talking smack about another radio host, and the other radio host call in and correct him on whatever it was. So that, that's that's fun. Bonaduce does not shy away from anything. Drugs, celebrity boxing matches. I mean, Bonaduce is entertainment. Yes. Real scratchy voice. But his, his his sister was the producer of the show. She wasn't going cut 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 cut. We need you to really ham this up and now, just we're really overplay. End of the hour, so we can't go too far to this. But I can talk about it some more. It, they make it as real as they can make it, and they don't script anything. Nothing is scripted. So all the words are ours, and uh, it just they do make it as real as it could possibly be. You're right. We do need to head to a break. We're at the 11 o'clock hour. We've got a full hour ahead of us here on the, the Weekend Sports Buzz. Once again, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach Brandon with all your personal injury attorney needs and questions. Mike and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick. Joined in studio this Sunday morning by Mike Gandolfo, normally our Saturday morning show host. i got to ask you something. Sure. Shoot. You're changing some of your uh, social media stuff to being Kel Patrick. Yeah, I just messed around one night. I think I had too much to drink. You do that? What, drink? (laughs) I'm just messing with you. (laughs) What is that, an Irish stereotype? Yeah, it really is. Actually, it is. I think you're drunk right now. (laughs) Because of the the redness of my cheeks? Is that what it is? No, I, I, Kel Patrick, you know what it was, was Marv Albert, Bob Costas. Everything's three syllables, right? You, you get into this thing, man. I'll tell you what. It is. You, you think so about what it. I got to change. I got to come up with a nickname for me. because Mike no Gandolfo. God, how many syllables is that? It's, I know. It's terrible. I don't even know. I can't even count that high. So, I, yeah, I'll have to come up with a, a radio nickname. But yeah, the problem is, is I started to uh, I started with the Mike Gandolfo thing, so I can't It's really fine. That. Yeah. You know, some of us use pseudonyms, some of us don't, whatever. Yeah. So, the, uh, you know, you're a Reds fan. Oh, big Reds fan. So we, we were talking in the break about not just this season, but the interesting nature of baseball where it seems like they're out of it. They suck. Brian Pena is their offensive cornerstone. I'm exaggerating. Well, not really. And then he gets hurt. And, I mean, he's still playing, right? But I mean, it's really interesting how a baseball team can go through so many injuries. Hey, can we, before and we go, still be before we go too deep into this, sure. I, gotta, I just want to clear something up from last hour. Using the same one point one million uh, thing that uh, stat that Kelly used for Knoxville, Kentucky is one point five million. So Kentucky is considerably bigger than Knoxville. So, you mean Louisville? Louisville. I mean, yeah, Louisville is one point five million. Uh, but uh, and Louisville does exist. I'll be a Kentucky fan that says Louisville does exist. So, uh, but anyway, yes, you were getting to the the seasons of baseball or the the cyclicalness of baseball is very unique. If you talk to a buddy on a regular basis about the team that you follow, and it happens for you and I to be the Reds, and I do, I've got a couple buddies. It's this is how the text message. I would like to document this over the course of a season for the Reds. You'll get a text message that says the Reds suck. This is horrible. And then, and then it'll be positive the next day. And then it'll be the season's over. And then literally the next day sometimes. I mean, it's just a complete roller coaster. All you coaster. have to do is listen to WLW after the game and listen God. to the postgame show. If they win, it's like they're getting ready to make a run. It's going to be awesome. If they lose, it's like the ceiling has fallen and they're done. And it is so interesting to hear. And it, I did it right before, so they went on that little stretch right before the all-star break where they looked like they were getting pretty they were going to do really well very hot and, and they then, were having then they're they're getting health healthy right and then the injuries started happening and actually the injury started happening the game I was at I was at the game July 9th and that's when Brandon Phillips got hurt I was at the game Brandon Phillips got hurt really and Josh Hamilton also came out of the game really with that little hamstring but I don't he never missed time for that Billy Hamilton Billy Hamilton yeah I wish we still had Josh Hamilton but yeah um the uh and so that's when the wheels start. So, but after that game, the, the Reds won on July 9th, and I'm driving. I'm driving back. I'm actually I was driving to Indianapolis for a basketball event, and I was listening to WLW the whole way through. And you know, everyone was talking about, man, this team's really starting to make a run. Everything looks good. Starting pitching. Well, the next day, for some reason, in Indianapolis, you can get WLW a lot better than you can in Louisville, even though Indianapolis is further away. Yeah, uh, I was listening to the game on the radio. And listened to the post game. They lost on the next day, and so someone else got hurt. I can't remember who got hurt. Maybe it's Latos left early. I can't remember what it was. One of the, the significant players on the team. Yeah, and then it was Homer like, Bailey. Or... It's like it's it's over. And then speaking of Homer Bailey, 
Homer just goes on the 15-day disabled list. They just moved Joey Votto from the 15-day disabled list to the 60-day disabled list, which basically tells me that Votto's done for the year. He's We're not going to see him again this year. Um, but it looks like Brandon Phillips is on the way back a little early. He's getting ready to He did go good to, in Louisville. Yeah, so you get a chance to go see Brandon Phillips in Louisville right now. I mean, I think the best defensive second baseman in baseball uh, and maybe overall the best second baseman in baseball. You know what's interesting is if you see a ranking released by someone like Buster Olney, and I actually was impressed that he tweeted back to me when I – he ranked the top ten – second baseman in baseball, he didn't include Brandon Phillips on the top 10 list. Shut up. So there is, I mean, Peter, you're an, you're an unbiased, you're not a, a particularly a Reds fan. Would you can, Where would you rank Brandon Phillips, or have you put much thought into it? Haven't put a bunch of thought into it. If you could work on that over the next couple <laughs> minutes and develop, is, develop a list of the top 10 second basemen in the sport, I'd appreciate it. I'll give you a couple minutes. Now, Wherever they are right now, if they get Phillips back a little bit earlier, so they're hanging in there. They're they're three games out of a wild card spot, which is you know easily obtainable. Although they have to you know they'll have to jump Pittsburgh who to to get there. They're seven games out of the lead for the NL Central, which might be a little ambitious. I don't you know, but they they were they were what like before they went on that run before the All Star break. I think they were like six and a half or seven games back, and they cut it all the way to a game and a half. Yep, at the All Star break, it coincided with with some people really dropping the ball between Milwaukee and St. Louis. Well, the Tigers are doing that right now. I think that happens. You know, you get on a little losing streak, someone else gets hot. I mean, it it could still happen. But the th- the which wild goes card, back to our interesting nature of the sport: one hundred sixty two games in one hundred and eighty one days. It's just a such a unique animal when compared to other sports. Well, just look at the red season this year. They start off the year terrible. At one point in April, they had the worst record in baseball. They did. And then they start kind of piecing things together. And uh and then it, it really kind of started right before Chapman came back. They were I don't I'm not going to equate it to Chapman being gone cuz it's not like they blew saves or anything. It helps Steph Chapman, but it's well, I think it, it shortens the game. I mean, you know, you have, if you had the lead after eight innings, you're probably going to win. And it used to be, uh, and, and even more so because you can move Jonathan Broxson to the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. It really shortens it to seven innings. Yeah. So they're in a situation then where they start piecing it together. They go on this great run and, and then get to the All-Star break only a game and a half out of first place. And then after the All-Star break, they lose, what, seven straight? And then they've been kind of seven, yeah. I think it was seven straight right out of the All Star break. And then they've been basically, I think, kind of five hundred ever since. And you know, if they're three games out of the wild card when Brandon Phillips comes back, and Brandon Phillips can kind of give them that little bit of spark, um, I think I, I, I somehow feel somehow decent. they somehow they they seem to have the offensive potency to at least be in games for this. Very impressive starting pitching staff to win. Johnny Cueto has the the most wins out of anyone in baseball today at four ten p.m. We have Matt Latos, who despite being just four and three this year, you don't feel too bad with him headed to the hill. No, I love Latos, and I hopefully they're going to be able to figure out a way to keep him. I, hopefully that Homer Bailey contract doesn't handcuff them from keeping guys like Latos. You wouldn't um, think that after tra- doing that big trade to bring Latos in that Jockety, unless we lose Jockety. I don't see where they're going to start letting some of these guys go. Latos is clearly someone who, who Jockety values very highly. 
Homer Bailey, this Cuban pitcher they signed, not Chapman, but the starter the, they're going to have yeah, next year. Right. Um, they're going to have to make some decisions. Long term, what does Alfredo Simon, where does he play into this? Right. Big, big pasta. What, is, he's, uh, what kind he's of part of the, the play is he? I mean, is he going to get a big contract? I don't know. I don't think they pay him. I really don't. No. Not because of his age, basically. And so, because I think he's like 31 or 32 years old, but uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't. But the thing that's encouraging me about the Reds is that baseball's done a great job of making the last couple weeks of the season, or the last couple, really six weeks of the season or so, being very division play heavy. Okay. And the Reds have the best record versus the Central in the Central. Mm. And I think that. Uh, given the fact that they're going, if they can kind of keep that winning percentage up against those central teams, that they're in, they're in a great shape, and they have to pass the Pirates. Consequently, the Reds are twenty eight and twenty right now versus Central, and the Pirates are twenty two and thirty. Wow! So the Pirates have been struggling against the Central. So they they get through the Pirates, and then it's basically down to Cincinnati, St. Louis, and San Francisco for that last wild card spot, or for the two wild card spots. Um, I think. I think they could backdoor themselves into the wild card spot. I'm not ready to give up on them yet. No, I mean, they're at 500. If at the beginning of the season or when they had the worst record in baseball, you would have told me that on Sunday, August 17th, they'd be at 500. They'd be at 500 despite Joey Votto not playing and despite all these other injuries. I would have, I may have slapped someone in the face for telling me that. Yeah, and they're just fortunate, I think, to have a guy like Brian Pena or a guy in really Hanahan and who will allow Frazier to go play first base. And I just they, they got some depth there. They, you know, obviously I was I was a little disappointed at the trade deadline when the Reds kind of stood still and didn't try to. They, I don't think they knew what to do if they wanted to buy or sell, and so they just stood still and kind of let it play out. I would have liked to see them take the chance and try to go get someone. To make them better, I mean, obviously, Oakland was willing to trade uh, Cespedes for a starting pitcher. We had a starting pitcher that we could have given him. Who? I would have traded. I would have traded really anybody except for Matt Latos. So you, you, but but the the question then is, who on the Red staff is worth what John Lester's worth? Cueto. Well, Cueto is better than Lester. Okay. Don't, do you disagree? Eh, no, I guess not. And if you packaged. Uh, an Alfredo Simon. Does that sound like an outrageous statement, Peter? Our unbiased baseball fan? Cueto is better than John Lester? You take Cueto. There you go. That's so, fair. Um, you know, if you packaged, maybe uh, I'd love to see us get rid of Homer Bailey, but I don't know if that's possible or not. If you could, if you'd probably eat a lot of that contract right. if you did. And that's okay. If you get a guy like Cespedes, Cespedes would be great. Talk about offensive. Woes well, our, be, and, being solved, yeah, or at least helped. And a right-handed bat with that cannon. He's got an unbelievable arm, a right-handed bat, and a homer-friendly ballpark. That's um, almost like a, a crooked deal they did, though. It's, it's like Cespedes. Oh, small market team in Oakland. We're going to get him to the Red Sox. Now, have you heard talks that Lester's probably going to end up being back at the Red Sox next year? So it's almost like there was collusion or something there, which I, I don't think would have helped the Reds. Oakland still probably, even though they're on a little bit of a losing streak right now, they right, and they're a doing a okay. tie for first place with the Angels. Uh, I still think that they're more than likely going to be the American League representative in the World Series. So, how many times though have we said that? And and this is another constant argument I actually have with Matt McCarthy. I'll go ahead and call him out by name. 
is the Reds always look like they're doing all right, and then they fall apart toward the end of the after the All Star break, and then they don't make the playoffs or they 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 get eliminated in the first round. How many times over the last 15, 20 years have we felt very optimistic at this stage about the Oakland A's? Well, and definitely. then how many how many World Series appearances have they made? Well, have they they haven't made one since I guess they lost the Reds ninety and ninety. Yeah, so. so I'm I'm not saying history it, always repeats itself. Did they go in '91 after? I can't remember, but it was around that time. So uh, yeah, it, Oakland has a formula though that definitely works and makes them competitive every year. And I think Cincinnati wants to kind of mirror that. I, really, what Cincinnati wants is Cincinnati wants to be St. Louis. Yeah, and that's, and that's I said truth. earlier that I want my Bengals to be like the Steelers, and I envy Pittsburgh. I also envy St. Louis for their baseball tradition. But that's why we went and got Jockety. That's why we got Jockety. He he built those teams. So keeping that going and... His emphasis on starting pitching and the fact that when you start getting good starting pitching, it seems to be contagious. And you have guys like Alfredo Simon with these great, amazing first uh, half of the years. and Pitching's contagious. And when you have good pitching, you'll be in the running for... For making a, a run to the World Series, no matter what. I agree. And if the Reds did get in the playoffs, I'll take our five starters. And actually, you shorten it to four starters. I, I don't even know who they drop off right now, but if someone's not healthy, it makes it easy. I'll take those four starters against anyone else in the National League. Except for maybe the Dodgers. Just Kershaw. because Kershaw and uh, um, who's the other stud they have? Beckett. Uh, not Beckett. Um, anyway, their starting pitch is really good. <laughs> so I'll bring it up. Um, Who's the other starter for for LA, Peter? I mean, they could have the, Granky's there. Granky. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Cy Young winner. That's right. Yeah. Granky. So they, you know, they they're gonna be. They're always gonna be solid. And uh, but the, you know, they it. it I, I like the Reds' chances. I, you know, if if they got healthy, maybe they do get Votto back if they were to make it to the playoffs. I'm under the impression that Votto and Tiger Woods both need to hang it up this year and get healthy. So, Oxmore Ford Lincoln Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. The first time we put that out there, by the way. It's not it that is. we don't want you to call in, but, you know, we want... That's we okay. Definitely. I've enjoyed just talking. Sometimes, Absolutely. Sometimes I like talking more. This Are you ready for this? Sometimes I like to talk more and hear my own voice more than I want to hear others. Yeah. I know that's shocking. I know that's <laughs> shocking to many. He doesn't want to hear my voice. That's right. That's a, the, uh, so the Reds are 500. We've got hopes alive. That's a good thing. Absolutely. We're rounding into NFL season, really. College basketball around here. We talked to our man John Clay about that. Are you doing any fantasy football draft? Is that radio Is that radio? Uh, just suicide? I shouldn't say suicide. That's never funny. Um, radio, is that a horrible radio to talk fantasy football on the radio? I don't think so. I and actually, I haven't played fantasy football in a couple of years. At all? And I'm kind of getting the itch. Really? So it's not too late. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, but I don't want to get in a league with like, you know, randomly across the country. You know, yeah. I want to, I'd like to get in with some buddies and I feel like most of those leagues are kind of established. Peter so. and I have a draft tonight. Oh, really? You yep. all got space? No. No space. We don't have space. This is a pretty competitive Why don't league. you get rid of Tyler Bloyd, who I'm sure is also in this thing. And He's not in this. No? <laughs> you just you just throw out random way that we should kick Ty- – He's not in the league. Peter, is there a way we could kick Tyler out of it anyways and create a spot? I'm sure you could. You yeah. think somehow we could say, despite him not being in the league, we're going to remove Tyler from the league and make a spot for Mike? 
<laughs> well, that's that's definitely true. So, <laughs> the no. uh, I, and I I don't know if I you know I, I competed pretty well with my buddies when I played, but I don't think I could. I mean, I, I'd probably get destroyed in a draft right now. I've won a couple Super Bowls or championships in fantasy football, but for the most part, I'm a pretty subpar fantasy football player. Did, did the um, do you all watch the league? I've watched it a lot in the past. I have not watched it recently. Yeah, yeah, I, good stuff. If you, is, you follow it, I watch it on Netflix. So I guess I've watched the first four seasons. They haven't released season five yet, but I just think that's a kind of a. I, I like that show just because it's kind of a microcosm of what my friends would be like. You know, you you could put each one of the guys associated with one of my buddies from when we were doing it. So it is funny. So does your wife run your team? <laughs> Come on, tell us the truth. Does my wife run my team? No. <laughs> you got the first pick tonight. Who's it going to be? Is that divulging too much information? Or do you know you know your draft order? Well, actually what we're doing is an auction. Oh, all right. That makes it a little interesting. And it, it, what is it, Peter? 250 bucks we got? $231. They, for some reason, they're on a kick of trying to keep everyone on their heels. Right, Peter? Something like that. So we have $231. I would spend... $70 on LaShawn McCoy. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. As your number one guy? That's a lot of money. Yeah. Peter, am I crazy? I I I, I just think there's too many good running backs out there. You're right. There are? Yeah. Like who? <sighs> now you're seeing you put me on there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you make a statement like I that. I know. But I mean, I, I just. Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy, and. I'd go with. Well, Marshawn Lynch? I'd go is with, he even on the Seahawks? Yeah, he is on the Seahawks. He's on the Seahawks still, right? Wouldn't he holding out? You know what we're seeing really right now, I think also with the NFL, is we're just seeing so much more running back by committee. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, so is a running back your best, still your best spot in fantasy football, or does it go to the I, quarterback? I'm in three leagues this, this year, and my, my draft last night, we took Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Aaron Normally Rodgers. I'm a running back. Two running backs to start my draft, almost regardless type guy. But I took Aaron Rodgers. See, I think I'd be a little inclined to take a quarterback right now, too. And it seems like the last time I played, it's that the quarterback position was kind of the one driving um, the results in that league. Um, last night, this is who we got. Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, ooh. Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Colston, Let's, Alfred Morris. Randall Cobb. Second round pick for us. Came out though, and you know, after they signed Jordy Nelson, did you Made see a this? Great statement. Said he didn't deserve the contract extension yet, and he wanted to go out and earn it. How many pro guys would go would do that? Now it's kind of dumb. Don't get me wrong. It's also kind of it's kind of dumb, but you also got to respect the hell out of it. Yeah, I don't know how. Well, maybe it is dumb. I mean, obviously, your your window of earning a lot of money in NFL or any professional sport is pretty minimal. You want to maximize that at all costs. I'll never hold that against anyone, right? No, absolutely not. I mean, if you got uh, the, the sleazeball agent of the year representing you and you're trying to hold out for more money. I'm not one of these guys that feel I'm like not gonna these hate guys make too much money, by the way. You're not. No, I mean, you, are, you are highly skilled at something that very little people can do. And people pay a lot of money to go see. You're no. worth it. No, I, worth I agree it, with you completely. If, if someone's going to pay it. Then you should go. The market dictates everyone's value. Absolutely. So and we're on the same page there. You know, the the whole argument, and we really kind of have to get to a break here too, but the whole argument, I guess, if 
you know, the, we're paying all these professional athletes all this money and we're not paying our teachers anything. Listen, I used to be a teacher, so this is not a – and my wife used to be a teacher. There's a lot of people that can be teachers. There's not a lot of people that can do what Randall Cobb does. And it's not about what kind of impact it is. No, there's nobody who can do what Randall Cobb does. Yeah. And I mean, only, who, who can? Maybe Deshaun Jackson? He's, he's incredible. I mean, I, Randall's my favorite Kentucky football player of all time. Wow. So – and he's only making. You he know, came in as a three star, I believe, out of Tennessee. I don't even know if he was a three star. I mean, Maybe was, a two star. Tennessee didn't even start recruiting him until like after he committed to Kentucky, and it was almost, at, almost up all the way. So he doesn't. He only makes, you know, like eight hundred thousand dollars a year. So God, that's horrible. No, I'm kidding. No, but, I mean but, it's I mean, not for for player of this quality. Going with what we said, he's worth more than that. He's worth a production. lot more than that. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. If you had a fender bender last night or you have any questions about anything else regarding personal injury attorney and and personal injury law, call Brandon. He'll be more than happy to answer those questions for you. We're going to head to a break. My man Mike Gandolfo and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Stay tuned. You all get points. Over me, I wanna hug you with all of my mind, and I'm sweating. All right, welcome back, weekend sports buzz. Mike and Dolfo here with Kelly Patrick. I uh, came over from the Saturday show to help Kelly out today on the Sunday show. This is 1450 WXVW, and this is the weekend sports buzz brought to you by Brand J Lawrence, personal injury attorney. If you want to call in the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line 384-1450, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football, a little bit more about strategy, really of how to do a draft, and uh, uh, listen, I'm a novice on this. Uh, you know, the thing I like about this show? What's that? Is that we're, we're basically just two normal guys talking sports. Yeah. This is not us being the authority. We're having a conversation, and we're inviting you in to join the conversation. 384-1450, whatever you want to say. That is an interesting point. I've been doing the AM radio now for two and a half, almost three years, and when I meet people in the everyday world who then find out I do radio – and they're sports fans, and this isn't all the time. I'm not trying to make myself out to be a big star because I'm certainly not. But al- some of them almost assume that like I'm, I know just way more than they do. Exactly, and, and I really don't. No, we don't at all. I mean, I, I'm not even trying to claim that I do. Right. I, I, I enjoy talking about it all. We're sports enthusiasts. There's you know? no question that I, I've been a sports fan my whole life, above anything else, almost. But there's a lot more people that know a lot more about things Specific than I Specific areas, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, it is inter- that is an interesting point that we are just regular, everyday guys. Having a platform doesn't really make you even an expert above anyone. I, You look at my overall record since I've been doing fantasy football, I bet I'm actually one of the worst fantasy football players out of anyone that I know. To Certainly that, out of anyone who plays about every year. To that point... Okay. That's exactly why I do not play. I do not do NCAA tournament brackets. You don't do any? Well, no, well, I don't do any where I'm like, 
I might like put the ESPN one billion thing in there, yeah. but I'm not doing. I'm not big on them either, really. I'm not doing a pool of people that I know because people would expect for me to be, yeah, like the basketball guy. And when I come in, being the know, recruiting 54th, coordinator for the Derby Classic, and uh, and so I, the you know, fact that you're on a first name basis with many of these coaches and right, yeah, you know a lot of the coaches in the NCAA tournament. So I'm not. I just don't even want to like. How I don't many want to do that? How many coaches who who coached? In the NCAA tournament last year, do you think you're on a first name basis with? <laughs> I have no, I don't know. Let's hear your 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 resume. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. No, no I mean, but there's, there's many of them. Yeah, I mean, but many more than me yeah. of the head coaches. I don't have any that yeah. on a first name basis. Peter, how many of the NCAA was, coaches are you on a first name basis? I was with? hanging out with Roy Williams a couple weeks ago. <laughs> One, Peter. No, none. <laughs> you know, last year was kind of cool. You I got, start name dropping. Yeah, I was you know, in Dallas. The uh, last Larry Brown year and, and I, we Larry Brown closed down a couple office. bars. Seriously, yeah, yeah. Larry Brown's an unbelievable. So guy. You, you you know Larry Brown. And then when I when they came to play Louisville, he left me tickets right behind their bench. Okay, so let's even if it's not true, do you think you can just make up some crazy story about closing a bar with Larry Brown? Mm, probably not. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. I'm not going to go there. I don't want to, you know. I'm just kidding. Obviously, you don't want to make anything up. I just I the, like to try to sensationalize things. Although, you could sit in a bar and listen to him tell stories the entire time. For God. Hubie Brown, Larry oh, Brown. Hubie Brown's amazing. Hubie Brown's up there. But I consider Larry Brown probably right up there, oh, too. Yeah. We just He doesn't have the platform. Right. His profession is to coach. He, he Hubie Brown is interesting because he's been around it for so long and he's been on every side of basketball, but he has the platform. We hear him talk a lot. Well, when I was uh, when I was a high school basketball coach, you know, Hubie's got really strong Louisville and Kentucky ties. I mean, he coached the Colonels. Yeah, and so uh, they were able to get him to come talk to the Kentucky Association of Basketball Coaches, and he talked. This is he may have talked for like six hours, and like there over three different sessions, and I could have sat there. And he's talking, you know, he's talking about offense and defensive skill sets, things and things you can do and stuff like that, which was awesome. And mixing in the stories, and it's like, I think I could have stayed there for like four or five days just listening to Hubie Brown. Out of everyone, anyone he's in the entire the world, is he maybe the guy that you'd like to listen to talk for a few hours more than anyone? Any of the coaches that I've ever heard anyone speak, in any aspect of life is what I'm asking for. I don't know about all the that. Pope would be cool to hear. The Pope would be cool. But, uh, you know, so we were talking a little bit at the beginning of the show about where I watched the boxing match last night. Yes. That, or the boxing event or whatever they want to call it, the short-lived BKB thing that happened. It's not going to it's not gonna make it. But, uh, you know, I was watching that. I got asked to join, and you know this is a big deal to me. There's only 23 guys. I got asked to join the Louisville Cigar Society. Wow, you're, you're Mr. Cigar. I would have thought you were already in that. Uh, no, so it's a pretty big deal. So it's like uh, – you know, there's 23 guys, and we uh, we basically they have this little club in Germantown. We got a couple, you know, nice rooms with some flat screen TVs. We get together, buy the pay per view, smoke cigars inside. You know, buy the pay per view for what? We bought the pay per view for the BKB thing, and just kind of. So you you buy pay per view next month for Floyd's fight? I'm sure they will. I don't know. I don't make those decisions. I kind of want to get SummerSlam tomorrow. Yeah. All right, is that wrong to say? You know? not, not wrong as far as Peter's concerned. Peter, you a right? WWE guy? All right. I mean, I I don't get to watch it very much, but, I, you know, it's it's adult male soap operas, right? I yeah. Mean, that's what it is. We talked a little bit about chick flicks earlier. I don't even know who's fighting in SummerSlam tonight, and I'd still want to see it. And Peter, any significant names fighting in SummerSlam? I'm sure there are. John Cena fighting? No. Let's see. I'll pull it up while we're talking. But, uh, you know, does that... 
you know, you're a fighting connoisseur. Yeah. Does that make me less of a man because I'd like to watch WWE? Certainly not less of a man, no. What's that? Lesnar's fighting? What? I, think, I do think Lesnar is fighting tonight. What? Yeah. Has it been a while since he fought, or am I just blowing this out of proportion? He oh, okay. he he beat the Undertaker in WrestleMania for the. He, no way, Brock Lesnar uses steroids. I mean, look at this picture. He is so jacked. I remember the first time I saw him in the WWE. <laughs> he he spends a lot of time here in Louisville. He he pulled out what? He pulled out that move he does. The F five is what they his finishing move, and man, I I thought he was going to dominate wrestling for a long time. I mean, and then he tried to go play football. He's so jacked. He is so jacked. He's he, kind of like Batista. He kind of looks now. like you, actually. <laughs> Very similar, uh, very similar to you. So yeah, they got you know, uh, man. There's a there's a lumberjack match against two guys. That I don't even know who they are, but Dean Ambrose and uh, Seth Rollins. Don't know who those guys are. So you're in in the Cigar Society. You said you're one of twenty three. One of twenty three in the Cigar Society. It was you know guys who are just cigar enthusiasts and just want to watch it and or just want to enjoy each other's company and smoke cigars together. And you know it's so hard to find somewhere in town where you can smoke inside anymore. Uh, so you can smoke inside there, yeah, because it's a club. It's Where no, is there's it? no employees. Do they have one of those cool ventilation yeah, things? Yeah, we got above? two of them actually. And then, uh, so we they got the NFL Sunday ticket. Just go there, watch football games. And where is it? It's in Germantown. So, uh, yeah, the match, the best match of this whole thing is for John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. That would be be worth it. So we I took took the kid to the uh, little WWE show that was here. In June. Did you? Yeah. How old's Rocco? Rocco's seven, man. He loved it. And, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. My son Cena, is the big five, show. and he loves watching wrestling. I mean, he loved it. And then we went out and bought the WWE, one of the old WWE games for the Wii, and he's been playing it nonstop. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But uh, let's get into, uh, you know, uh, even though we kind of shot this break. So your strategy going into the draft tonight, we talked about a little bit about the lack of depth at the quarterback position. But then you and I were kind of looking at the list. If you're staying the first 15, 16 guys. Outside of Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, if you can get one of those two guys. Does Kaepernick have an opportunity to be healthy, have a healthy surrounding staff around him and be one of those guys that can put up those monster numbers every week? I don't think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning, but I think he can be a, a that's, that next tier. Yes. Now I'm, I am totally not. I mean, I'm, I'm going to admit that I am totally – you know, got the 49er colored glasses on, and I just – I think Kaepernick is – The real deal? Oh, yeah. Just unbelievable. I just think he's phenomenal. I th- We got a little music going on? All right. The, I, I thought he got hurt a little bit last year just because so many of his receivers were hurt early on that he just didn't have the weapons around him. Uh, but I, I just feel he's phenomenal. So I, I like how all the different aspects he brings to the game. So you're you would go though with Lashawn McCoy is my number. I think he's the most valuable guy in fantasy. Okay, and that is not just me going out on a limb. That's just me copying off of other people's opinions. Right, and I'm okay with that. I mean, he, who who would be above him? So outside, you can of, say Aaron Rodgers. Outside you can say of the Peyton top Manning. three running backs with McCoy, Jamal Charles, and Adrian Peterson. Yep, you can see I did a little research during the break. You did. <laughs> They, you would take uh, all those guys at at that point. If those three guys are off the board, do you go quarterback at that at that spot at that point? Do you take those three? It's guys? It's not a snake draft that I'm doing tonight, though. You're doing an auction. This is, you know, what's weird about an auction is I am that jerk 
who nominates. I mean, I, you 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 go in a snake order, and I may have the first overall pick. That means that I get to nominate any player in all football and see how much he's worth. You put the kicker out there. Yeah. Yeah, really my first, or, or, yeah, or I'm just I want to draw okay. it out and keep people paying attention Number as long as I can. Sebastian Janikowski, let's go. How is he going to get nine bucks? <laughs> you know, who knows? he's year in year out the most consistent kicker in in the sport, hey, and a good kicker is good for consistently fourteen to fifteen points a but week. But predicting that Neil Rackers is going to break the all time record is as difficult as predicting um, anything else in the world. So, other than Janikowski, my experience is. It, there's no way of telling who's going to be the number Sebastian one kicker. Will you throw Sebastian out there first if you go? Sure. In honor of this conversation, yes. If All I have right. the with my first round nomination tonight, I will elect Sebastian Janikowski and see how much he's worth. <laughs> so we are. So if you were doing a normal draft, if I were doing a normal draft, will you do those three running backs okay. before you ever took a Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers to Drew Brees? You got. I put, would. Yes. You got to put Drew Brees in that conversation with. Aaron I, I I left Drew Brees out earlier. You're right. He deserves to be. Would you take Colin Kaepernick or Andrew Luck? I would take. And I, I probably don't see myself targeting either of them. To be honest, I would get more of a later Philip Rivers or Tom Brady may even be later than them. Yeah, he will be because he he didn't have anybody around. Yeah, him. I, I would take. I, would I think I would take. Kaepernick over uh, Andrew Luck. Although uh, I, I value them very similarly. Does the list you're looking at value them? They got Andrew Luck as the fourth best quarterback. Wow. Wow. And That's big. Here's my thing about this. The 49ers defense is going to put Kaepernick in more opportunities to score touchdowns. To score touchdowns. Okay. Do you disagree may, with that? I don't know. I, I may disagree with it. I, I, I may agree that his superstar power and his ability to – Go back to the Super Bowl and win some games. But when you think about the stops that the 49ers defense makes, the turnovers they create, the opportunity where they can play, the 49ers are going to have an opportunity to play in a short field more often than yeah. the Colts will. Okay. I just think, and it's about, it's really what it comes down to, it's about him putting up touchdowns. He's on a better team. He's on a much better team. Much better team. The Colts are good, though. I think the Colts are a playoffs team. I do too. Yeah. But what I about Alden uh, Smith? Is he, still, is he still on the. Uh, the Niners? Yes. These do a stint in rehab and he's going to play? I believe so. Now, I'm, I don't like get it super close following it. And obviously, it's hard to follow it in Louisville, Kentucky, unless I'm reading websites all day. Yeah. You know, I don't really get into it, get into it until they're playing. Because I, I like the 49ers when they're good and when they're terrible. So it's not like uh, I'm not this bandwagon person that just. Uh, but I'm excited because now at the Cigar Society, we got the Sunday ticket. I'm going to be able to watch the 49ers. So every, every Sunday week. you're going to be there. I'll be at the cigar cigar outside with a big fat Churchill, which if people don't know, that's like a seven and a half inch cigar with like a forty eight to fifty ring gauge that will last me a good hour and a half, and just sit back and watch Colin Kaepernick work his magic all day. Yeah, if my friend Frank's listening right now, he's like barfing in the back because he knows how much he he thinks that's my bromance is Colin, is Colin Kaepernick. So. There's no way I would take Matthew Stafford ahead of Colin Kaepernick, but he puts up a lot of who big, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I would definitely take Matthew Stafford ahead of Colin Kaepernick. Definitely. I just think he's going to throw more interceptions and stuff like that, and just you know have more negative plays. I don't know. So that uh, fantasy football is always interesting. I consistently am bad at it, uh, but I have an auction draft tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. I like trying to be smart with your money. 
And I think the auction just takes a whole different element. I don't ever want to do a snake draft oh, let again. Let me do one more, one more. Yeah. Russell Wilson okay. or Tom Brady? Wow. I would take Tom Brady. I would take Russell Wilson. I mean, Tom Brady's got Peter? nobody around him. Tom Brady. Man. I, I, I would, just because of his track record, Russell Wilson almost seems like a, a little more of a potential to be just a flash in the pan. Well, at some point, Tom Brady's going to be done. At some point. And he's but up until that. that day, I think I'll take Tom Brady over. Not anyone, obviously, but I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. In Would large. you take Tom Brady over Cam Newton? No, I like Cam Newton. I got him in my draft the other day. I let a, my team auto draft, and I got Lashawn McCoy, Cam Newton. I got a hell of a I'm gonna team. Take, I'm going to get in the league, and I'm going to just only get Under Armour guys. So I'm going to get Cam Newton, Randall <laughs> Cobb, and just like load, you know, Lacey. We'll just load up. Because your, your, your event is sponsored by Under Armour. We are. All right, we're up. We at 11.45. we got to take one more break, right? So We do. Let's get to the break. We'll come back. Short segment in this show. We'll be right back on the weekend sports bus. Want to get into the conversations? Not too late. 384-1450. Oxmoor Ford, Lincoln Buzz Line. All right, a little Beastie Boys here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show here. We got about ten minutes. I, we we talked ad nauseum about Kentucky with John Clay, and uh, I tend to do that anyway. But I, I want to be known, you know, even though Louisville lost Russ Smith and Luke Hancock, which are two big offensive weapons, Louisville's gonna be Louisville could have two All Americans on their team this year. I mean, this could be this season could look so much like the 2011 2012 season. With Terry Bo- Terry Rozier and Montrezl Harrell. Yep. And you and sorry to interrupt you. You said it could be so similar to the 2011-2012 season in the aspect that both Kentucky and Louisville may make the Final Four. Exactly. I would I would anticipate that to happen. Wow. I mean, I, I think Louisville is one of the top five teams in the country. Just and being honest, as a Louisville fan, Peter, tell me how you feel too. If we make it back to the Final Four and we get eliminated by Kentucky again, that's going to sting. That's all right. I mean, we'll be okay. It's little brother. It won't sex. affect my personal life. No. I don't know what it, it won't affect my personal life. I swear. Yeah, sure it won't. Yeah, well, it, just like uh, last year when the I was supposed to do the show, we did the show the day after the UK U of L game, and no one showed up. And I was they called me like fifteen minutes before the show. Neither one of them showed up, and they were both U of L fans. So I'm calling Haven out. I'm calling Shane Stovall out, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, the. Um, it's tough to match up with, especially this the team size. this year. Well, the size, if you're playing a basketball game, you're like, hey, we got these guys, they're really good. Or you, then we got this team, they're really good too. But look, this team is just like, they're like, oh, they're all one foot taller than this team. The difference between Louisville's guard, Louisville's probably got better guard play than Kentucky, but I think that's pretty, it's pretty close. I don't think it's, there. if you look at the, the three backcourt positions, you know, including the small forward in that, I they're going to be pretty close with Louisville having a slight edge. Louisville's edge or Kentucky's edge down low, and the amount of depth that they have down low is is a big gap. Unprecedented. Between, yeah, Montrezl Harrell is a really good player, but he's a little streaky. Even the next at that. guy is is Methiang, You know, is Mango. And and Mango, Mango sounds much cooler. Appreciate Mango wouldn't Mango. even Mango wouldn't even see the floor on this Kentucky team. No, he wouldn't. But Louisville doesn't have the same style as Kentucky. No. And in most the most likely 
scenario is they will not face Kentucky again in the tournament, right? No, I think they'll face each other in the Final Four. I think, no, I, you know, the, the honest Calling opinion about your that, shot here, Mike. The honest opinion about that is I think the NCAA loves Louisville and Kentucky playing in the Sure they do. It's the so, best rivalry in the entire sport. Without a doubt. And so, but anyway, Louisville's going to be really, really good. All right. Quentin Snyder is having a great summer. Uh, so you're going to have Quentin Snyder, Chris Jones. Terry is getting, uh, Terry, I do, I'm predicting right now that Terry's going to be an All American. And I, wow. And, and done. And, Isn't that wild that he can go from being such a, I won't say a passive player, but he had no, as far as humility goes, I was very impressed. He had no problem allowing Russ to kind of run the show last year. That's what made Terry. He handled it well. That's what made Terry to me so impressive last year is the versatility to give the team what they needed when they needed it. If he needed to be the point guard, handle the ball, distribute, he could do that. If he needed to score, he could do that. If he needed to shoot the jumper, to be the defense stopper, take it to the rack, whatever the team needed, he could give them. So I didn't mean to interrupt your point. I think you were, we've got about six minutes left in the show. I think you were channeling back toward a discussion regarding the University of Louisville basketball team and their recruiting efforts. Absolutely. Well, real quick, before we even get to that point, I think the person that Louisville is going to be most pleased with this year is going to be Anton Gill. And I look for him. Wow. I look for him. What do you mean by that? Well, he didn't get to play much of a role, but this guy, I've seen him play. I know how skilled he is. And I, I feel now that that position with Hancock gone and Russ Smith gone, he's going to have to play, you know. And he's going to when he gets his minutes, I think he's going to maximize his opportunity. And uh, he's got to get better on the defensive end. But he's I'm a guy. I'm sure Rick has talked to him a couple times absolutely. about that. You think? But he's a guy that couple couple solid conversations. He's a guy to me that could have a breakout year. I would instead of what do you one, mean by breakout year? Well, I mean, he didn't have anything last year, and he could come into where he's a, a solid contributor. And I would I would be willing, personally, to bet that more than I would Wayne Blackshear taking a major step up and being what he needs to be. Okay. So, uh, recruiting-wise, Louisville's done an unbelievable job this summer. Uh, they've got three commitments right now uh, with Dengadell, a small forward who's extremely skilled, but it, one of those guys that just is like hungry to know more that – Perfect. He Patino went out and got three guys that are complete perfect, for perfect fits for him. And who are the other two again? Donovan Refreshing. Mitchell from New York City. Yep. Uh, New York City guard who's a smaller two guard, but can score. At you know, and, and Mitchell and and Ray Spalding from Trinity. That's right. We're probably the two he's, biggest. He's now a five star, isn't he? They're the they they're the two guys that rose the most over the summer as far as their rankings go. And both of those guys are just going to be huge assets. Are those three, two of them are five stars, are those three? I think so. Is and Dang Adele might have used to be a five star, and now he's a four star or something like that. So okay. they're all time. three of them are going to be just great fits for Louisville. Any and McDonald's not Americans out of those three? I don't know. You know, I think they're all kind of borderline. I think Dang Adele might have the – I don't know. I think they're all the, – the issue with the McDonald's All-Americans next year is that this – class is so dominant by big guys. So you could be the 30th best player in the country and be a shooting guard or a small forward, but there's only like one or two guys ahead of you. Um, and there's a lot of parity. So th- this is going to be a really tough class to predict that kind of stuff. Now the next guy that I think they're going to end up with, they're going to go after one more, which and I th- expect this commitment to happen relatively soon, like with before the season, before October 15th, uh, for sure, is I think they're going to get PJ Dozier, and 
that's a huge get for them. I, I don't. I think once they got Donovan Mitchell, I think Blakeney was kind of was. You know, obviously they would love to have Antonio Blakeney, but I think they he's he's not really even being recruited right now or something. Not as much anymore. I, you know, so everybody's backing off of him. Uh, I don't know. It's curious. And then, uh, but I, what I'm saying is, I think there's probably some hidden. No. There could be. I love watching the kid. Play Do you think them. there might be something hidden there that we don't know about? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was just trying to situation. make something up. But if you think there might be something like a, maybe some horrible crime or something, Dozier is a guy though that had it played on a torn ACL. And I mean, he's a tough. Who do you tough compare kid. Dozier to? I'm trying to think of who's a a, a like a hard nosed, dry, uh, really solid but not overly flashy three guy. How big? That's really tough. About six. Is he six 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 seven in that range? Um, love the physical play. Physical and really you know really plays hard. Um, Bobby Phils. <laughs> maybe even he's not as uh, he's. Uh, Maybe I don't want to say a Garcia, not, but that good of a shooter. I, he Garcia is a better shooter, and I think Dozier's more physical. Okay, so anyway, I'm trying to give a you know that most people would know, but yeah, I, I I think the future for Louisville is bright, 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 and uh, you know they're going to put two guys. We could have we could have ten guys from Kentucky and Louisville drafted in the first round. We could have. A third of the N- NBA draft next year be Kentucky and Louisville players of the first round. That when you asked John Clay earlier today if eight guys from Kentucky could go in the first round next year, it wasn't ludicrous. That that was the craziest question I've ever heard, and I've heard some crazy questions. And no, in, in all seriousness, that's insane. Yeah, it's insane. The weekend sports buzz is brought to you by our man Brandon J. Lawrence. Personal injury attorney, call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We appreciate Brandon allowing us to be on the air every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 till 12. I appreciate Mike Gandolfo coming in with me this morning. Thank you very much. I I always love doing the show with you. Yeah, same goes for when I get the chance to do it with you. So we're wrapping up the show here. Peter, thank you very much. Be sure to tune in next Saturday, 9 to 11, and Sunday from 10 to 12 for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Peace.